God, you're so mighty, yeah. Thank you, Jesus. Jesus, excellent, 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 excellent. Thank you. Yes, you are. without finding your place in the choir. Alright? Don't find find your seat in the choir. You ain't gotta lead, but you do have to join the chorus. Because cause that's what we're gonna do all day long is praise the Lord. And, and ain't no missing choir rehearsal in heaven. Alright? You you got to go in there and put your part in there. That's that's crucial. That you be able to do that. Amen. 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 Thank you. Thank you for humoring, humoring me on that one. We might, we might have to rewrite that song right there and put that everybody line in there, man, because uh, uh, you make you want to shout when you think about how excellent he is. Yeah, yeah. And may, may, maybe it's just me up here on fire, but, but he's excellent. He, he's been excellent for me. I mean, and there's no other word I can come up with to talk about how good God has been to me. And, and, and the truth of the matter is, if I tell you the truth, now don't don't tell nobody this. Don't nobody. She knows it. But he been better than me than I've been to myself. Oh yeah, I've done myself wrong, and he's given me grace to get past my own choices, my own decisions. Yeah, the things I say I want, I gotta have in my life. And, and he's told me, get behind you, Donnell. You don't need that. He's told me no for me of something that I just thought I had to have in my life. And oh, what a difference he has made just for protecting, protecting me. His, his protective grace has been so magnificent. Now, I'm not just talking about the stuff he's given me. I'm also talking about the stuff he's stopped me from getting. has been wonderful. Wonderful. Now, I know I'm, I'm, not, I'm not silly enough to believe that I'm the only one in here who begged God for something they didn't need. Yeah. Only to find out when they got it, uh-oh. Yeah, not what I thought it was. And certainly not what I needed. Thank God for his, for his grace. You already know, don't you, Dylan? Yeah. Started a work. Well, series last week entitled I'm In. All right. Yeah. If you were in here last week, you understand what it means to say I'm, I'm in. By a show of hands, I'm in. Yeah. Anybody else in? Yeah. I'm in. Yeah. I'm in. I'm in. I'm going to tell you what it means and you can follow along. And hopefully, when this message is completed, everybody in here can celebrate and say they too are, are in. We got. Before we do, I want, to, I want you to celebrate with me 
one of our friends in ministry, somebody who's been here countless times preaching. Uh, he is the church congregation that he leads today are having what they call their grand opening. It's the Bestow Schools and Gift Pad Church that's pastored by Reverend Lee Loader. Today they're having their, uh, their grand opening and celebratory uh, uh, blessing at 12 o'clock and I'm so proud they bought a new facility over off 2nd Avenue South and they've completely re uh, renovated it and it's going to house the church congregation worship facility and the school that they run and for those of you who don't know anything about Adrienne Loader she's one of the jewels of Birmingham everybody want to take their kids up in there so that Miss Adrienne can can take care of them and so please pray for them because anytime God blesses you like that the enemy is going to come after you now he doesn't want good stuff to come out of that school he doesn't want good stuff to come out of that church and so pray pray for all of them if you will plus Lee Loader if you don't know him is just a great man oh God I've just been a friend for many 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 years a couple of decades as a matter of fact and we thank God for him and his ministry Back to the matter at hand. Our subject today has to do with how our character is shaped in Christ Jesus. How we are viewed, not by others, how we view ourselves in Christ Jesus, in the body of Christ. And last week, we came in to tell you something that many of you might not realize that Jesus Christ has already invited you into the body of Christ, whether you're in it or not. You've been invited to come in. Some people, some people don't understand. They're still waiting on something to come, maybe in the mail. I'm telling you, the invitation's already been sent. When Jesus died on the cross, he did it for everybody. Everybody. And he didn't put any conditions on that, he didn't say read the fine print. All right, there was no fine print to be read on Jesus's invitation. It's just for anybody. And we know that because of the message we gave you last week. We, we told you about a woman who would not have been invited to anything based on the cultural situation. She wouldn't have been, she had never been invited to anything perhaps all her life. And yet, when Jesus was in the house, when Jesus was celebrating, even though the host of the house didn't invite her, I came to tell you, you're welcome anywhere Jesus is. He'll receive you as he did receive her. And so, if we know that we're invited, that must mean some other things about my walk, my witness, my relationship with the Lord. And what it means is, if I'm invited, then he must have something for me to do. Okay. If he wants me in the family, if he wants me in the house, there must be something for me to do. And so today, we're going to share from, I know I'm invited. Today, I want to talk about I'm invaluable. All right? Today, I, I want you to know that you are invaluable to the body of Christ. And we, we need to understand what that means. Now, what, is, what is being invaluable? Well, the definition of invaluable is different from the word, how the word sounds. Invaluable seems to say 
that it lacks value. All right, the word is confusing. And I came to tell you, the word actually means the opposite. All right, the word actually means that if you're invaluable, it means that there is no price that can be put on you. Yeah, it's, it's, it means that you're priceless. Can you imagine something priceless? Anybody in here wouldn't mind having something that's priceless. It means you're indispensable. Can't do without you in the body of Christ. Another way of saying it is you're irreplaceable in the body of Christ. You matter so much to the body of Christ that the Lord says you're invaluable. What, what, what a word. Because some people don't feel invaluable. Some people feel worthless. Yeah. That, that, that doesn't mean you don't think you have worth. It simply means you think your worth, your value is less than other folk. And that's why comparison is the thief of contentment. You, you can't be satisfied if you're always comparing what you have and what you do and where you go with somebody else. Always looking, as they say, trying to keep up with the Joneses. Yeah, yeah. I've been trying to keep up with the Joneses all my life. Well, of course, my family's name is Jones. <laughs> yeah, but, but that ain't the same thing I'm talking about. No, I'm talking about your name is Sparks, and you're trying to keep up with somebody else because they get something new, you want to get something new. They go somewhere, you want to go somewhere too. They tell a story about something they purchased, you can't wait to put it on your card so you can purchase it too. And we spend a life trying to satisfy folk who don't care about us for things we don't need. And it's simply, the word I want to use, Casanova, is draining. It is draining. It will wear, it will wear you out. It'll take all your resources. Just being you is enough, but you got to get to a place psychologically where you can appreciate that. I, I, for a long time, when I became a preacher, I was always looking at how I preached in comparison to somebody else and how they preached. And it finally dawned on me one day that, that, Andre, you don't need to be another that person, all right, because you just need to be Andre and say it the way Andre would say it. And I realize I get schooled all the time uh, by my editor at the house. She tells me I talk flat, and I know, I know that. I, I'm, I'm just being Andre when I preach, and, and I figure that the Lord will give me the grace that I need to fill in the blanks. I understand my shortcomings, but I make up for my shortcomings with enthusiasm, all right, with, with faith, and I'm going to give it to you the way that God gives it to me, and I'll tell you this too. I've told young ministers behind me who, who I've, who've come behind me that the, easy, the hardest thing for you to do is be you. Just, just find your voice for Christ because Christ called you 
to talk to somebody. There's somebody out there who is uniquely in tune to your voice, and they need to hear it. And if you deny them your voice, then you're denying the reason why God called you to preach in the first place. And so I believe that I've been called, and like, like I believe I've been chosen by God. I also believe that even though I feel sometimes that I don't possess it, I'm capable of doing what God wants me to do. I'm, I'm capable of performing the work that he's given me. And in the areas that I don't feel capable, God's grace makes the difference. I don't walk into every situation knowing what to do, but I do walk into the situation expecting that before it's done, God will show me what I, what I need to do. Some of these circumstances that I walk into are mind-boggling. What do you say when you walk into a room? And a family is standing there saying goodbye to a loved one. Who knows what to say under those circumstances? And what I found in my maturation process is that sometimes you don't say nothing. Sometimes just being there is what people need, a presence, a reassurance that you're there. But I had to grow up and learn that sometimes silence is my most powerful sermon. Just be, being there. He's chosen me. But I, I know this. He chosen you too. You may not have been called or selected to be a preacher or a pastor, but what a woeful situation we would have if church just depended on preachers and pastors. There's no circumstance in any church anywhere where the preacher and the pastor are the only thing you need, only person you need. A church is comprised of an entire congregation. And so my question today is, have you accepted his invitation? And do you realize how invaluable you are to the whole body of Christ? Now, now watch this. The biggest lie that many, believe, many people believe is that they don't have anything to do in the body of Christ. There's nothing. That all you're supposed to do is come and receive. And I got, I got, I got to tell you this. Now, I got to burst your bubble. That's not how it works. That's not how it works. No. They feel that they have nothing to give to the body of Christ. Let me give you the scripture that gives us the underpinning. It's from 1 Corinthians chapter 12. Paul made it just as plain as he could. Let me read it for you. It starts out in verse 14. He reads, yes, the body has many different parts. Not just one part. If the foot says, I'm not a part of the body because I'm not a hand, that does not make it any less a part of the body. And if the ear says, I'm not part of the body because I am, I'm not an eye, would that make it any less a part of the body? If the whole body were an eye, how would you hear? Or if your whole body were an ear, how would you smell anything? How would you smell anything. You cannot operate 
a church family with a focus simply on one aspect of the church congregation. I came to tell you today, every one of us in here that's a part of this congregation has a purpose and has a mission to fulfill here in this church congregation. Now, let, me, let me make, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give you an exercise this morning, make it a little bit plainer to you, if I get more plain to you, if I, if I could, all right? Body's got, the human body's got a whole lot of parts. Human body's got a whole lot of parts. But the, it's the whole, the whole, is everything in us that makes up the body. All right? There's nothing indispensable. There may be some parts and some medical professionals in here who will, with, with all their education, there's still parts of the body. We don't know why they function, how they function well. All right? I don't even know if for all, all the babies that are delivered, I've said this before, doctors can't really tell you, you know, what that magic moment is that starts labor. Even though they can induce labor. They don't know what the natural thing is. It's time and the baby comes. All right, they don't. They don't. It happens. It happens when they want to because just as soon as they get to predicting what's going to happen, God shows them you don't know what you're talking about. Just as soon as they tell you ain't but eight months pregnant and you, the baby going to be born in December, baby don't come till January. All right? Just as soon as they do that. And I can go through so many other instances in our body. Still don't know what the appendix does, but just let it get inflamed. All right? And suddenly you got a whole surgical team ready to deal with something that none of us even knew was in our body. Yeah. So it is with a whole lot of other things. I still don't know what earwax is for, but I mean, it's for something. <laughs> it's for Sami. What in the world? All right, but the truth of the matter is, earwax serves a purpose too. Just let it get too much. All right, and you'll be saying, huh? Huh? And folks, you need to, you need to get that fixed. All right? Let's do this. Let's do this in a fun way. What is, I want to ask you if you know this. Somebody tell me what this, what this animal is right here. Show me, show me what this animal is. It's, it's not a trick question. What is that? An elephant. Yeah, somebody said Big Al. But no, that's an elephant. All right, that's an elephant. Yeah, I said that. <laughs> that's right. Yeah. All right. Okay, so if that's an elephant, then... What's, what's a group of elephants called? A herd. All right, all right, all right, okay. Let's see, well, well, well then, what's this, what's this animal? Okay, it's a lion. So what's a group of lions called? Oh, somebody grew up watching Sesame Street. All right, a pride. A pride, okay? Then what's, what's this next animal? What's a group of cheetahs called? A coalition. <laughs> See that? Told you not to go to the bathroom. You should have sat down and watched the rest of that. Sesame Street. A coalition of cheetahs, all right? How about this? What is a group of donkeys called? A pace. 
Interesting, right? A pace. What about a group of uh, vultures called a committee? When resting and when they're feeding, it's called a wake. All right? I'm going somewhere with this. Going, testing all these degrees and all these things y'all got up in here. So, we know those things about the animal kingdom. What's this next one called? Next one is called a believer, a Christian. Somewhere. That is a Christian. That could be any of us. All right. And so if a Christian, if that, if that, is, if that person is called a Christian, what is a body of, what is a group of Christians called? He just said, you ought to pass that test. The Bible says, Paul says, that while we individually are believers and have Christ in us, we collectively make up the body of Christ. Every one of us. In other words, if we collectively, every one of these other, other uh, uh, um, animals that I've shown you has its individual name, but when they get together, they're known by something completely different. So too it is with us. We are believers, we are Christians, but when it comes to a collective organization, the Bible says that you and I constitute the body of Christ. And if we are the body of Christ, if, if the Lord inspired Paul to use that imagery, then so too it is with our, our own body, every part of the body must mean something. Every one of us must matter or else the body is not functioning properly. If you're not doing your part to make the body of Christ whole, then it's unhealthy. Now, you know what happens when there's a part of the body that's unhealthy. First of all, other parts of the body work harder. Oh, oh yeah, if one of the lungs ain't working right, the other one has to work harder because the body still has to operate. If one of your legs is not operating right, if you, if, if you injure your left leg, and depend on your right leg for your mobility, you're going to put more stress on your right leg. Now, for a minute, the right leg might get stronger, all right, because you're using it more. But that imbalance creates problems for your right leg because it was never intended to carry the weight of the whole body. Y'all know what I'm talking about. In this house, if you're not doing your part, then somebody else who's doing their part is gonna get worn out faster. And it's because you are not understanding your place in the body. And I think it's because people underestimate how they can contribute to the whole of the body. People always think, Louise, that they have to do big stuff. And I came to tell you, every single thing that happens in the body of Christ to move 
the, the Christian movement forward is important. Everything, not just sermons, not just singing, not just music, everything. Let, let me tell you what I mean when I say that. If you came in here this morning and somebody greeted you with a smile, that's valuable to the body of Christ. Something as simple as a smile can make somebody's day, can keep them going. And so if you say, I ain't got no money to give today, but I can come in there and I can greet people with a smile, that's advancing the body of Christ. People forget about small things, but every part of your body matters. Watch this, watch this. In fact, according to this scripture from the word of God, some parts of the body that seem weakest and least important are actually the most necessary. All of you together are Christ's body, and each of you is a part of it. Let me see if I can. The pinky, the pinky finger. Do you know, and you're not going to believe this, the some doctors in here, some, some folk with a whole lot. You can check me on this if I'm wrong. 50%, 50% of your hand strength comes from your pinky. 50% of your hand strength comes from your pinky. Got a professional back here who deals with therapy every day. Every day, 50% comes from your pinky. If it's out of order, it doesn't matter how many times you throw your middle finger up at somebody. <laughs> all right? That's not the most, that's the one that gets the attention all the time. Don't nobody pay attention to the pinky finger, but it's pinky that's laying over there. That's doing most of it. Can I tell you this? Lose your big toe. And see how that affects your ability to ambulate. All right? Small things. Small things make a big difference. Small things will get you going or sit you down. Or sit you down. Can I go a little bit more on this? Let me tell you. Um, I know you can go and get, now this is, might be a little chauvinist, but I'm sorry, can go to get a pedicure and get all your nails done up nice and pretty on your fingers and toes, but let one of the toenails start growing the wrong way. Start growing in. Oh yeah, ingrown toenail will make you testify. Yes, sir. You got to go get somebody to get that up out of there. Well, I know what I'm talking about, all right? Because that's a problem. That's a, that's a problem. And I found that all these shoes we wear with the pointy toes and all that, they look good when you're 20. But when you fit to something, you better get something softer, something a little bit wider. Yeah. You can't be waiting. Now, now, now. And I wonder if we understand this about the physical body. Why is it so hard to understand it about the body of Christ? Yeah. You've been called 
You've been chosen, you're capable, and you're invaluable to God's work. Invaluable. Anybody in here ever slept at night and when you woke up, your arm was asleep because you slept on it? Oh, yeah, everybody has. You slept on it. Some of us are like a sleeping limb. The body of Christ is moving along. And we're not able to be a part of it effectively. Maybe it's because the reason why your arm feels that way is because circulation has been cut off for a minute in it. And maybe there's something that's preventing the circulation from flowing in your life from the body of Christ. I don't know. All I know is we got to get circulation started again so that you can be an effective part of the rest of the body. Rest, exercise, those things. Sometimes it's not the exercise of that limb. Sometimes it's other things that's blocking the flow, but we got to get that started again. Sometimes it's my past that's blocking the effective flow to me from the body. Sometimes it's my mind because I think people are always looking down at me or looking at me in such a way as if I've done something that's preventing the effective flow from the body. Sometimes I'm so paranoid about my yesterday that I can't deal with today or think about tomorrow, and that's stopping me from being a part of it. I know plenty of folk who stop coming to church because something happened in their life, something they had nothing to do with, and it wasn't because somebody actually did or said something to them. It's because they thought somebody was going to say something to them. Because they thought somebody was going to look at them differently. And the fact of the matter is, the truth of the matter is, there may be somebody in the congregation who thinks that way, but not the whole body is going to think that way. And more than likely, this is going to sound really ugly. Nobody even cares. You stopped what you were doing because you were more ashamed than anything. And I got news to tell you, there's not one single person sitting in this room right now who is above the age of majority, 19, who's not ashamed of something they have done. Something they've done, something they said, something they've actually done. We've all come short. And the Bible says, falling short of the glory of God. And so you think because you've been involved in various things in your life that prevents you from doing something in the body of Christ. I got news for you that God takes some of the worst folk in certain areas and uses them as an example for other folk, it's because of the stuff you've been through that your testimony is gonna bless somebody else. Oh, oh yeah, it's the folk that stood, that spent their twenties and their thirties and their forties partying all the time, who finally got to know the Lord. That's the one that's got credibility to come to other folk and say, "I know what it means to be out there." That's who you want to listen to. Yeah, you don't want to stop and listen to nobody that stopped at the pin the tail on the donkey party. 
You, you, you want to talk to somebody that had VIP service at every club in town. Who called a middle name Crystal? You that's that's who you want to talk to about what it means when the Lord stopped you in your track. That's who you want to talk to. Yeah, yeah, you want to talk to somebody about being in a good marriage? It's not always the one that's been in a 50-year good marriage. Sometimes it's the one that struggled, that's had problem after problem, but they stayed there and worked through it. Or maybe it's even the one that got a divorce that can tell you how good has, how God has blessed them through the process. It's not always looking for somebody perfect as an example because there is not one. There ain't no perfect preacher, no perfect pastor that can come and talk to you. Every one of us got a story to tell. Yeah, you want to learn about dealing with the issues of life? Talk to somebody who's been addicted to something. There's truth in what they say about the struggle. And I'm not always talking about drugs. The minute I say addicted, our mind go to alcohol or drugs. That's not the only thing you can be addicted to. You can be addicted to something, some other things in life that can tear you up. Yeah, yeah, even though 500 folk did overdose in Jefferson County last year from fentanyl. 500 folk overdosed and died. I'm not talking about the ones who overdosed and lived. I'm talking about the ones who died. 500 in this county. Yeah, that seems like a whole lot. Yeah, but what about the ones of us who are addicted to food? Oh, it's hundreds of thousands, millions of us who overeat all the time. Not only do we overeat, we overeat stuff we know ain't good for us. Like we can't live without it. And the truth of the matter is we ain't going to live with it if we keep on doing what we're doing, there's a whole lot more folk in the cemetery because of diabetes than because of drug addiction. But it's what gets attention. Those people need to hear from somebody. They need to hear from somebody in the body of Christ on how you can deal with a healthier lifestyle. We don't talk about that. But that's a ministry for somebody, for somebody to, hear, to have. Your story matters. Your, your story is essential. Your gifts matter. Whatever God has blessed you with matters. Can I tell you, can I tell you that there are some people in this church congregation who have talent enough, ability enough to have their own shop somewhere selling the stuff that they've been giving to me for 20 years for free. Folk will buy it. Yeah, you, you never had any zucchini bread from Doris Maddox. She could put it in any bakery in town, and they would buy it every day of the year, all day long. You never had any chocolate from Gloria Wright. Russell Stover, Hershey, ain't got nothing on them. They have the ability to do those things, and they share it. They share it. Freely, and I'm here to tell you, I know they're not, they're not the only one. I'm not saying all this for y'all to start giving me can, and, and all, I'm not, that's not what I'm saying. All I'm saying is the world needs you to be on your game. 
There are things that you have that you can give. Your generosity matters. There was a woman in West End. I grew up on 18th Street. We still own that home on 18th Street. And um, there was a woman who lived about six houses down from us. A little old woman that you wouldn't have paid attention to. She's just, you know, as we were out playing as kids. She was old when I was young, so that tells you. She had been living a long time. And she's the kind, if the ball went in her yard, you made sure her yard was always neat and kept. You always made sure you tiptoed in there and got the ball out of her flower garden. You know, don't mess with Miss Ware's flowers. I mean, and she come out on the porch and she, she said, hey, y'all, little short woman. And you didn't really have that much contact with her unless, you know, if you walk by, she good morning, Miss Ware, and she say hey to you, celebrate with you a little bit about how good the day had been. And, but every child in that core block, when we grew up, when we turned 15 years old, 15, 16 years old, she made sure she bought us a Bible and gave it to every one of us. We got a Bible from Ms. Ware. Come find out, Ms. Ware was a gospel singer. Who knew? I found this out when I became an adult. She was a gospel singer in her church, had recorded gospel songs. Didn't know. Didn't know. It poured out from her. Emily, Emily Ware. And her testimony, Reg, wasn't loud. She didn't stand out on the porch singing praises to the Lord, but her presence and her involvement with the children in the street spoke volumes. And I can sit here right now and name all these, a lot of kids, a lot of kids, spoke volumes about what she thought was necessary. Now, I was fortunate because I was raised in the church from my house. But I know for a fact not every child on that street was active in a church family. That Bible she gave them may have been their only connection to learning about Jesus Christ. And I came to tell you, if you don't think that's made a difference in them grown, I know I know the grown folk who grew up on the street, the people who are my age now who still living. I know there's a connection because I see them in churches everywhere. I see them all over. And I can't say that but for Miss Ware giving them that Bible and strengthening them and showing them who Jesus Christ was, they may not have had a connection to Jesus Christ. Don't ever discount what you do for Christ because what you do matters. When you give your offering, when you give it doesn't matter how much it is. It doesn't matter how much it is. Stop getting lost on how much it is. It's the faith that you give it in. God can take what you give and do his godly mathematics on it. I always say he can make a dime worth a dollar. Only God can do that. He, he can multiply it. He can give you a dollar and you can come out the grocery store with a bucket full of food. Can't nobody do that. But the Lord, you ain't got no coupons when you go in the door. And for some reason, you find a buggy full of coupons. And it ain't just a buggy full of coupons. It's a buggy full of buy one, get one coupon. 
that somebody left in there because they had to run out to the car because something happened and you happened. God can do anything if you allow him and if you don't think that's part of ministry. I came to tell you that it is. When you do anything for him, God is able to use it constructively for the body of Christ. When you got your call and you surrendered to Jesus Christ, what you said to him was, here am I, send me, show me, identify what it is you want me to do. And so I came to ask you this question today, do you know your value? Because you are invaluable to the body of Christ. We got work to do. We got work to do. All you have to do is wake up in the morning, turn on the news, walk out your door, and you realize how much work we have to do. There are children who need to know about the body of Christ. There are children who need to know about Jesus. You ain't got to be the one walking in and out of the house all the time. But we do have a responsibility, like Ms. Well, to stand on the porch and make the Lord available to them. She didn't have to get out there and play ball with us. Some adults did that. Some adults came out there and they sat us down and they talked to just her next door neighbor. Henry Dobbins was a Presbyterian minister. Visited here since I've been the pastor. He's gone to glory now. But just him, he involved himself in our lives, would take us different places and make sure we got there because of our connection to his son. Miss Wad didn't have any children that we knew of, but we were her children. Are these kids at this church your children? I don't have to call the names of the folk who have no biological children, and yet they treat your children better. Sometimes than you think people would. They got a heart for them. And so there's work to be done. I need you to identify what the Lord has for you to do. And if you don't know, let's talk about it. Let's pray about it. Let's see what you can do to help the body of Christ. Not just in these walls, but in our community there's work. All the work can't be done at 7600 Division Avenue. Some of the work that we've got to do is out in the world. But we can make a difference. That's our motto for this year. We can make a difference in the world. Every widow, every child who doesn't have what they need, every person who is struggling needs the body of Christ to be doing what it's supposed to be doing. Every pregnant girl who needs support, every person who found them on the other side of being addicted needs our help. We don't need to push them away. We need to draw them in. They're invited to this place, and if they're invited, then we got to make them feel right at home. And so, by a show of hands, how many of you are in? Raise your hand. You in? Yeah. Now, how many of you know that you're invaluable? Raise your hand. Say invaluable. I'm invaluable. Say it. Now, act like you're invaluable. Act like you're worth something. Act like you matter to somebody else. Use what God has given you for more than making your life easier and better. Sacrifice for somebody else. Part of what we do is, is sacrifice. Instead of you getting one more, give somebody one. All right? Instead of you getting one more, 
make sure somebody has one in the first place. Yeah, that, that, that's important. They don't always need to get, don't get mad at me when I say this, your hand-me-down. Every now and then you can make sure somebody got them something new too. Yeah, yeah, they don't need to wear your yesterday because you don't want it anymore. I wonder, though that is a gift, yeah, would you receive it? If somebody was giving you their hand-me-down, is that something you would want or would you want something new? Everybody wants something new every now and then. Give me something, something new. When they see you coming, like Paul wrote, it's the feet that deliver the good news. When they see you coming, they need to know that you're bringing something good for them. When they, when they see you coming, it's the hands that's got something good for them. When, when, when you're coming, they need to know that it's the mouth that's telling them a good word from the Lord. When they see you coming, they ought to know you're listening to help unburden them from their problem. When they see you coming, they need to know your eyes pay attention to the issues that are going on. When they see you coming, they ought to know that this is the body of Christ that's coming toward me. And you, my friend, represent the body of Christ. I came to tell you today that all of this starts with an invitation. And if you've never accepted the gift that Jesus Christ gave, it's a funny way to save the world. It's a funny way for any man to come. He came, he lived, he allowed them to kill him. And it's amazing to me that he saved the world by leaving the world, all right? But he didn't just leave the world. He left the world after setting an example of how to live in the world. And he lived, although tempted by everything we're tempted by, he left this world without giving in to that temptation. Bible says, in all points tempted, yet without sin. But if that was the end of the story, we wouldn't be here this morning. Wouldn't be a, a reason for us to gather if all we came to talk about was a 33-year-old man who came and lived his life and died on a cross. That in and of itself wouldn't be worth celebrating. The reason why we came to celebrate is because he didn't stay dead. The reason why we came to celebrate is because there was another part to the story. Don't leave without knowing the other part to the story. The man who died on Friday got up on Sunday. The one who gave his life for us on Friday was given new life on Sunday. And it's him, that man, who's extending an invitation to you. And my question to you is, have you received his invitation? Have you accepted it? If not, then the, now's the time. Today, today is the day. Today is the day. Accept his invitation because you matter to him. Your life matters. You can't do enough wrong for him not to accept you. Whoever is here today, let's start 2024 off by starting to walk with Christ in a new way. While the choir stands to sing this song of the doors of our church are wide open. We offer Christ to you today. We offer Christ to you, oh my.